Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 272. There's a universal human experience that we're all living. And in this universal experience, we all have universal lessons that we go through. And most of these lessons either come from a place of love or fear. I love myself and I love you. And so I'm doing this action based on that love, or I'm afraid of you, or I'm afraid of myself. And I'm going to take an action based on one of those two fears. That is it, my friends. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stressed. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. Today we're chatting with my friend and fellow podcaster, Josh Trent. Josh is the founder of Wellness Force Media and host of the top-ranked show, Wellness Force Radio. He has spent the past 16 years as a researcher, a trainer, and a facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. Today, we discuss his journey into wellness, podcasting, healing, his out-of-this-world experiences with ayahuasca and plant medicine, plus we deep dive into how breathwork can give us next-level emotional healing. But first, Food Heals Nation, one of my absolute favorite supplement brands is back with some brand new products that I just can't live without. Like their organic hemp extract with CBD that relieves stress and promotes restful sleep, their zinc fusion with plant-based zinc and copper, which enriches cell development, promotes radiant-looking skin, and even supports sexual health. And their Detoxidine, which is a deep earth sourced iodine supplement, which supports thyroid health and the immune system. Yes, it's all available right now at globalhealingcenter.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEAL17. You'll get 20% off of your order. And, you know, it's always good to know that you're buying from a reliable source. I love that Global Healing Center has spent nearly 20 years building relationships with sustainable organic farms. And in an industry first, the company actually built a manufacturing facility from the ground up using only environmentally friendly and chemical-free building materials. I love working with brands like this that you can truly trust. Their company really does share a similar mission to Food Heals. Global Healing Center products are vegan-friendly, great for all, never tested on animals, and are manufactured in the USA with globally sourced ingredients. And their mission is simple. It's to provide access to natural health information and products that revolutionize your journey to better health. They believe in cleansing your internal and external environment to restore your body's natural self-healing mechanisms. So like I said, a mission very close to our own hearts. So again, go to Global Healing 
thrivingcenter.com. Use the coupon code FOODHEAL17. Get all your supplements and you'll get 20% off your order using our coupon code. All right, next up, my interview with Josh. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. He is the founder of Wellness Force Media and host of the top-ranked podcast, Wellness Force Radio. He has spent over 16 years discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. Please welcome my friend, Josh Trent. Thank you for having me. This is cool. First guest in the new Food Heal studio. I know. So I almost didn't let Josh come over because he was in town in LA from Encinitas, which is basically San Diego, and was like, hi, can I come this weekend? And I was like, no, you cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was moving my studio, Mm y'all. But he said, I will bring the equipment. All you have to do is be there. And I said, all right, come over. And here we are. Let the magic begin. Let the magic begin. Josh really, you challenged my perfectionism that was like, no, it all has to be set up Mm -hmm. and be perfect. I'm glad I could be that for you. I know. Thank you. Because we all get to like let the perfection dragon sleep. Yeah. (laughs) Because he he or she can be angry sometimes, you know? No, it took me like 24 hours to get back to you. I was like, let me think about it. I I gave you space. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you space. You did. So the new studio is still a work in progress, but I'm glad to have you. Looks really good. It looks good. Thank you to Karina Brown, who is my friend and organizer, who came over and helped me just get as much done as possible. So shout out to Karina. But Josh, I'm so glad to have you. I was on your podcast like a a year and a half ago and I wanted you to be on mine and then it has taken us this long to get it together. So we apologize, Food Heals Nation, but Josh is an incredible podcaster. His show is called Wellness Force and if you like Food Heals, you will love his show. Some of the interviews you've had are just blowing my mind. They're so innovative. They're so interesting. You cover all kinds of topics, but can you take us back? Like, why did you get into health? What is Mm. your personal journey and story? Well, um, I didn't have a lot of health when I was young Mm -hmm. because I was in, and a lot of people can relate to this, a rough childhood. And it's funny saying this, like who doesn't have a rough childhood? You think you're alone. (laughs) I feel like most people do, you know, it's just, it's just different struggles for different people. Yeah. And so I was born to a situation where I was born premature, actually. Not a lot of Mm -hmm. people know this. I was only four pounds, 11 and a half ounces when I was born. So I was born premature first two weeks in an incubator. So oh there's a lot of science about children that come into an incubator, how they're like A-types and they try to do more because they came into the world and they had to be sheltered. Anyways, that's a whole other podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I came into the world um, and my mom was manic bipolar. And so I never really had this feeling of safety and security and peace at home because it was hard. She, like She'd be in her room crying or there'd be something going on. She was doing the best yeah. she could. And I've done a lot of work around that. Yeah. My dad left when I was two months old. So, you know, without the proper structure... And without really the coaching, like the presence from my parents, I didn't know how to deal with emotion. And so I found a drug (laughs) and and this drug is called food, which is why it's really cool. We're on the food heals podcast. Never heard of it. Yeah. So uh, this food drug for me became a way to like quell all the feelings in my body that I didn't know how to deal with. Right. So that became my whole adolescence. And then of course, overweight kids get picked on. So mm-hmm. then it compounded my stress right. because, you know, anything that you go around, the journey of peace is through it. But I was kept going around it because I didn't know how to go through no, it. No, you don't know that. I had no tools to go through sure. it. Sure. So anyways, flash forward now, I'm 21 years old. I'm almost 280 pounds. I'm in a job that I hate. I was a Mercedes Benz technician, like mm-hmm. using my analytical mind, no expression, no voice, no connection, like <laughs> pouring sweat over an engine. 
I was drinking at a party. I'll never forget this. I was, I was 21. And you know those like red party cups that people play beer pong with? Solo cups? So the solo I'm cups. I'm a little familiar. I'm 280. I'm in a relationship I can't <laughs> stand. We don't, we don't care about each other. I'm in a job I, don't, I can't stand. Oh. I was ripe for like a sledgehammer moment. You were, were you at your rock bottom? I don't think I was at my rock bottom yet. I had another rock bottom, okay. but, I, but I think that was like a rock bottom that I didn't even know was one. Maybe a wake up. Looking back, you're, you're right. Looking back, it was maybe one of three rock bottoms. Yeah, you can have multiple in your life. <laughs> Let's be honest. Right. Rock bottoms can happen in succession, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, so I slammed the cup down and it was the first time I was raised like very religious and then my father wasn't religious. I had no conception of God or spirituality mm. or higher intelligence when yeah. I was a, a kid or, or even a teenager. And I just had this moment where I was like, I was like, so I was just like so sad. I was like so sad in how I felt in my body. I like mm -hmm. hated my body. I kind of hated myself, really. That's why I was drinking, and that's what drives a lot of people to drink so much. So I slammed the cup down, and I was like, "There's got to be more to life than this. There has to be yeah. something else. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't like how I feel in my body. I don't like drinking. I'm like, I, I, th I think my inner soul was like waking up. Like I didn't know." what I was going to do, but I knew it wasn't this. So I slammed the cup down. I ran home drunk for three miles, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> got home. And I, and I think I typed in my PC. I was like, how do I lose weight? And that was 2002, 2001, 2002. And then the next 18 months were like trial by fire. I did like Atkins and low carb and mm. vegetarian and I did all the diets. Yeah, yeah. But, but my understanding was coming from a place of, I got to get out of pain. I got to get out of pain instead of, I'd really like to just trust myself and move pleasure as the fuel source. Because I was just okay. trying frenetically to like white knuckle and get out of how shitty I felt. I mean, who doesn't do that? I feel like yeah. that's where we all start. <laughs> that's where a lot of people start. Yeah. So 18 months of that back and forth, lost 100 pounds, gained back 60, just like, whoa, like oh I, need, I need help. And so I said... I'm going to go somewhere where I can really focus on this. And I sold everything I owned and I moved to Hawaii. Wow. At, at 24. 24 years old. I'm in Hawaii. I'm living in Hawaii for six months and I'm just taking time to be with Josh, just to be with him. I, yeah. I never understood this concept of like being with oneself because everything outside of me was like frenetic and always external. I, I didn't even have the concept of internal deep dive. It wasn't even a thing. I grew up in East County, La Mesa, which, <laughs> which is like flat build hats and geriatric ward and like not necessarily talks about consciousness or the things that you guys explore on Food Heals. Well, we I mean, I grew up the same way, so I get it. You like, understand. Yes, 100%. So, so I, I was in Hawaii and I had this moment where I was like working out at a gym and I, and I had done well. I, I was studying nutrition and I was studying the body and I was learning how to like actually be healthy. And this fitness manager came up to me and he was like, Hey, I've seen you work out. Like you're getting your results. Have you ever thought about being a trainer? And I was like, what's a trainer? I didn't even know that like personal training existed. <laughs> right. And I found this beautiful path where I was like, Oh, I can help people lose weight. It's like what I'm really into myself. And so that was 10 years of my life doing that. And there was a part of me that always kind of knew. This is so funny. I'm like, you're bringing back memories, just making me tell the story right That's now. That's what happens on the Food Heals podcast. I'm by the printer, printing out like one of my first deals as a personal trainer in Las Vegas. I ended up moving from Hawaii once I got NASM certified. I'm standing in front of the printer and my, I had this voice in my chest and the voice was like, this is temporary. Like your healing's coming later. Wow. And I'll never forget that I'm like 25 years old in front of a printer. It was my first deal that I had closed at like a 24 hour <laughs> fitness. And, and there was something in me that knew like, this isn't it, man. You know, fitness isn't it. Was this your first like intuitive hit? The first intuitive hit was the one when I slammed the cup down. I, I feel like that came from a higher power. Mm. Like that came from God. Yeah. Because 
well, and we can talk about this later on the show. I think we are God experiencing God's self. That's my opinion. I think Ooh, all I of us. I can't wait to think, get into this. I think all of us are individuated consciousness and God. So I'm God talking to God right now. You're God. I'm a God. Hello, I'm God. a goddess. You're a goddess. So I, I did that for a long time. And I, and I realized like as I was training other people and a lot of yoga practitioners and therapists and trainers, they fall into this trap where they're constantly like shining light on other people. Mm-hmm. But as they shine that light in other people, the, the dark parts of themselves can stay dark. And they can deplete. And they can deplete mm-hmm. because all they're doing is just being of service to others and yeah. shining light on others, but they're not ever really di- diving into the dark parts of them, right. which is sometimes, more often than not, unfortunately, what drives people to be in those positions of service because when people are in a position of serving others, it's actually a, a tertiary excuse to not deal with their own shit. And a lot of people that are trainers or coaches listening are like, oh, yeah. Or they've already gone down the path of doing their inner work. Yeah. So um, after I left training, I I knew there was something else. I didn't know what it was. And I left training completely. I went to corporate America because I thought, oh, maybe it's not possible for me to have my dream. Maybe it's not possible. Maybe I'll just like put my little dream. I bought wellnessforce.com in 2009 and I just like put it in a little box Mm -hmm. and I put it on the side and I would like go check on it now and then, but I never actually thought, I never believed that it was real. Wow. And then, so I did corporate America for a couple of years. And when I sat down at that desk, it was like, there was this moment where the ticker tape came across my face and it was like, this is where grown people go to die like sitting in these cubes, typing on keyboards yeah. all day long, like and no offense or judgment to people that are doing something they enjoy that involves a cubicle. Cause great. There's nothing wrong with being a cubicle, sure. but where I was at was hell. I mean, it yeah. was literally spiritual suicide. I was making good money. I was working in the endurance sports industry, mm-hmm. selling like technology software. You're working I, in sports, sitting at a desk. Yeah, so you're not doing anything active. Exactly. Something's wrong. I with worked that. at a company called active.com active network. Wow. So, Crazy story now is where this transitions to is every day I would get up and you know what it would feel like in my chest? I would every day have this feeling of this is not where you're supposed to be. Yeah, You're supposed to be somewhere else. And I didn't know where it was. And the universe works in interesting ways because sometimes the universe will come in with like a little nudge and like direct someone, or sometimes it'll come in with like a samurai sword and just cut you to your knees. And that's what happened with this company where I came into the office one day and the boss was like, hey, um, you're fired, like right away. First thing he said, and I was just like, what am I going to do? All all my my alarm bells are going off. Like, how am I going to pay rent? Blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting that your subconscious is telling you this isn't right, but of course you're still freaking out in the present moment. Totally. Because it's the 3D responsibilities. Yeah. Rent, food, bills, insurance, all all these things. I mean, they're they're real. We can all feel those things, but yet... They don't direct us. We get to direct them, which I found out later. So I'm driving home. And we're going to talk about that. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. I know. <laughs> so I'm driving home. This is 2014. I'm freaking out. But you know what there was? There was like this little part of myself that said, wow, this is liberating. Because at least now you don't have to go back to this place where your soul was dying. It's freedom. Freedom. And Anytime fr- someone tells me that they're either quit or fired from their nine to five, it's usually, in every case that I've literally heard about, it is the best thing that ever happened to them, but they can't see it in the moment. You know, right when you said that, exactly where I went was Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. and it's the hero's journey, yeah. separation, initiation, return. And what you just said is exactly a mirror of my story and your story oh, and everyone so else's story. <laughs> yeah. we, we all exist in this little comfy space where it's known 
we have a certain way of being, we have a job that's a certain way, we go to a social group that's a certain way. It's comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we get initiated. We get cut down to our knees. We go through a loss, a divorce, a breakup, getting fired, something something like really jarring yeah, to the nervous it's system. Visceral. And we all feel it. Yeah. And so I was driving home like like shuddering mm -hmm. in 2014, but there was also this part of my heart and soul that was so fucking excited. Yeah. Because I knew I was like, okay, it's go time. Like there's something else for me. And so there was a month where I was like, should I just get a regular job? And then and then I'll never forget this. I was at a sound healing. Have you ever done sound healing where they put the bowls on your body, the crystal bowls? Ooh, I don't think I have. So there's really powerful crystal bowls. It's sound therapy. It's being validated in actually like um, academia and, and medical places now where they're using sound to heal people. And so I didn't know this at the time, but sound can unlock emotion. Mm -hmm. So I was laying oh, yeah. maybe like a month after I got fired. I'm with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. We go to this sound healing thing and they put the bowls on my chakras. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> <laughs> I had like a tear coming out of my eye. And then, and then I had like lots of tears coming yeah. out. And I'm just like, what is going on right oh, now? Yeah. Some, the sound was unlocking something in yeah. me. We drive home. I pull out my phone I, and her name was Amy. And I was like, Amy, can you please record me? And I just went for it. I was like, I'm going to have wellness force radio. I'm going to coach people with wearables. I'm going to reach a million people. I'm going to have impact. I'm going to do something meaningful with my life. That was 2014. I hadn't wow. I didn't launch the podcast at all. And it's all happened. The whole thing has happened. Wow. Yes, it really has. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> for you. I mean, I'm so excited. Apparently I just hit the microphone, just hit me in the mouth, but, uh, it has all happened. I've followed your journey for a while. I'm a listener of your show and I've seen the growth. I don't even remember, you know, how many years ago we met, but I started podcasting July 2015, so literally uh, 4 years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm about the same. Yeah. We were the August right after yeah. that. Yeah, and since then I've seen the trajectory of what you've built and this tribe yep. that you've created. You're such a natural, you know, if I were to reflect something back to you, I would say that your introductions are really, really good and they're better than most because you really speak about the person like they're your friend and you talk about the interview points and it's not just reading off their bio or their Wikipedia, which I'm totally guilty of, so I can say <laughs> that, but they're just really well done and I appreciate that about your show. Yeah, so I'm so impressed with what I've seen you create in such a small amount of time. And and yeah, it's like you had the vision and you made it happen. Well, and we all have the courage to either follow it or we need to cultivate more courage if it's really a calling. For sure. Because man, like everybody's got a dream. Yeah. And my dream gets tested on the daily, <laughs> as I'm sure <laughs> yours does, right? Like life um, consistently tests the power of our connection to our dream all the time. Yeah. And I don't care if you're like the biggest podcaster in the world, they get tested too. All of us get tested in certain ways. And it feels good to receive that from you because there was many nights where I'd be like up at 3am, mm. the a VA would be sick or my sound engineer couldn't yeah. do something. And I was like editing the podcast myself yeah. or doing the show notes myself. The first year and a half of podcasting was like really like a white knuckling, am I going to make it type thing? I was in a really dark place when I started Wellness Force, but I was going towards the light. I think, you know, what they say is that if you write a book, for example, you write what you most need to learn. And I feel the same way about podcasting because yeah. I was building the business that I needed to learn how to build and I was interviewing the people that I needed to learn from. And so I think that it's all a journey and a learning experience so as true. we go. But if we start putting our goals into place and knowing, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there, then 
you co-conspire with the universe to make it happen. So those late nights are for us to learn because it's like I had to learn to do everything before I could outsource it to someone else to do. 100%. Right? So that I could build this. And that, and I'm still doing it, you know? Yeah. I'm still outsourcing. Little by little, I let things go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also too, like if I haven't done something and I'm speaking as if I have that comes through either subconsciously, energetically. It's inauthentic. It's yeah. inauthentic. And people hear it. So I know literally everything A through Z of what it takes to like launch a podcast, make it successful, mm-hmm. continue to go and dive into my craft. Like I do it. I, I do it. Like I'm doing it every day. Yeah. And you're speaking at events and yeah. you're, you are the epitome of making it happen. Yeah. And so you have taken this journey because you, just like me, we both have a story that drives us to educate and inform. So what are some of the biggest, and when I say successes, it just can be like having someone tell you that you helped them. Like what are some of the biggest things that you've seen as a result of starting this? Like two years ago, I had some random person on Facebook that I didn't even know and she messaged me and she's like, I'm crying right now. Mm-hmm. I just listened to an episode and you made me feel so like, like held. Yeah. Like I, I held her without knowing I was holding her. Oh my gosh. And that, like that still affects me right now. Yeah. You know, just sitting here talking with you about it. So I think that was probably like, and that was two years ago. There's been other messages that have come, but that was like the very, I didn't even realize that, that I was making that type of an impact yeah. that somebody would write to me saying that they're emotional and that they felt held and that it really helped them. And, and so that like really touches my heart, you know? And when I started the show, like I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew, I knew the why, but like, I didn't have the secure plan of exactly how I was going to grow, how I was going to get sponsors, how I was going to make money. Like I was just like, I don't know how, but I know why. You know why? I know why. You had I can't a mission. Deny that. You had a vision. Exactly. And so what happens is when you have the mission, you have the vision, everything falls into place if you go for it. And if we get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes with entrepreneurs, especially like sabotage from unprocessed emotions can You mean get... we need to control things, Josh? <laughs> no. Tell we actually, me about that. We actually, because, okay, the first two years was me white knuckling things so much that I had certain people be like, hey, you're, you're kind of like really polished on your podcast. Like, well, I want more of you on there. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds, it sounds like you, but like, could you be more you? And yeah. I was like, wait, what do you mean? And, I, and they were right. Yeah. I wasn't really being authentically me because I hadn't done the deep dive yet. I hadn't done breath work. I hadn't done plant medicine. I hadn't interviewed these certain people that, yeah. have, sh- that have shaped and shifted for me in my path, like the Paul Checks or even the Luke stories mm-hmm. or just like the Gretchen Rubens, you know, these people that make me think so differently, Yeah, which is why, like you said, our biggest gift to the world is also most of the times our biggest learning curve, our biggest lesson 100%. for ourselves. All right, so you just mentioned plant medicine. And I wanted to talk about this because you have been on multiple plant medicine journeys that I have not been on. Yes. And I want to learn all about it. Because if I'm curious, I know Food Heals Nation is curious as well. Well, I think it's beautiful because the in the title of your show, there's the word heal. Mm-hmm. And I know your story and I respect your story. Like I, I have a deep respect for where you've come from and and how you serve. And so, and I feel that because there's a part of my story that aligns with yours in a certain way. And so when I think about the word heal, 
the only thing that we need in this world to heal is to understand that we're already healed, but we're using all of these tools to remind us that we're, we're okay, we're loved, we're supported, everything's fine, and everything will always be okay because love is all there is. And right now I probably triggered people because, because they're thinking, oh, what do you mean love is all there is? A while ago, and I'll get right back to your question, a while ago, I was at the church in Austin and I was seeing Michael Pollan speak mm. and Michael Pollan wrote how to change your mind about his psychedelic journeys and whatnot. And in there, he listed a lot of research about what they're doing with psychedelics for veterans and for PTSD and yeah. for healing people from a scientific perspective. One of my favorite authors, everyone look him up. He's incredible. Yeah. The Omnivore's Dilemma. Like, yeah. So, I got to interview him before the podcast years ago. That was such an epic moment for you. Oh my God. It was like, it was the prequel to everything that I'm doing now. And yeah, I need to reach out and be like, come on the podcast. But it was through my clients, so it wasn't my direct connection. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know, I've always loved and respected his work, but because he does the science behind all of the things that we're talking about now. Yep. He, he, he validates them all. Yeah. And um, the real turning point for even this conversation being applicable to the analytical people that listen to your show and to the spiritual people. What I'm about to say is for both. Yeah. Because Paulin addresses it from a scientific perspective. He was on Stephen Colbert mm -hmm. talking about it and that blew the lid off. You know, we have someone on national TV syndicated going to millions of people. I loved watching that episode. Talking about yeah. the power of psychedelics. So I'm at the church flashback a year ago, I'm seeing Michael Pollan speak and he goes, you know, we see on social media, we have all these memes that say, you know, trust yourself, believe in yourself, love is all there is. And you know what guys, they're all true. Mm -hmm. The reason that we don't think they're true is because they're used in plain sight. The truth hides in plain sight. It's like the emperor has no clothes. Mm. It's the same analogy. Love actually is all there is. We're already healed we're just reminding people about the tools and things they can use to remember they're already whole anyways. I feel like I need to play a Beatles song right now, like, love is all you know. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, the Beatles were popular for a reason, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then the new movie that's coming out yesterday, you know what I'm talking about? No. So the guy wakes up in a world where the Beatles never existed, but he can remember all their songs. And so it's about everyone coming together for the music. It's like a love story about love. Dedicated to the Beatles. As if the Beatles never existed. Yeah, it's as if wow. they never existed, but their songs, you know, the, the themes are so timeless. I haven't seen it yet, but go on, go on. So the preface for your question is like, how do we understand what plant medicines are? What do they do for people? Yeah. I had to say that first. And I say had to because it's really important that people listen to what we're about to say with a lens of curiosity and with healthy skepticism. So hold both of those when we go into this. Okay. Because plant medicine is not for everyone. It is dangerous in the wrong hands, just like a hammer is. A hammer built this house, built your studio. Don't put it in my hands, but, baby. <laughs> but you can also kill somebody with a hammer. So plant medicine is the same thing. So what got me into plant medicine is right around the time that I launched the podcast, my girlfriend and I were going through uh, trouble. The podcast broke us up, by the way, because I was pouring all myself into the podcast. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be anyways. Sure. We go to an ayahuasca ceremony in late 2014, actually early 2015. You went together. We went together because we wanted to heal, right? We did wanted... you want to heal your relationship or did you want to heal separately? What was We the... wanted to heal the relationship, but I think we both knew that we both had our own individual healing to do. Well, you always do. We always do. That's There's... why we call in people to heal us in relationships. Exactly. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Whether we know it or not. Right. Whether <laughs> so... we are aware of it or not. <laughs> Whether, <yeah. laughs> Everyone so... is a reflection of our own healing. Beautifully put. So the mirror that I got from her was 
wow, there is a lot of things about myself that I had no idea were even there. It's like um, in Landmark where they say it's a blind spot. You don't even know that you don't know. That's how yeah. dark in the corner it is. Sure. So my first ayahuasca session was was very uncomfortable because it was actually, I later found out, run by a person who wasn't in integrity. Mm -hmm. So my first experience in drinking ayahuasca was not loving. It was not the kind of experiences that I have had. And I didn't learn anything. But what I did get, it was this little glimpse, Allie. I got this little glimpse. Yeah, I was in the bathroom. I'll never forget this. And I was purging. I was, pur I was purging. I was pooping. <laughs> right? you, you shit, <laughs> you, you, you shit, and you throw up. You, throw, okay. you shit, you yeah. throw up. Okay. So I'm in the bathroom, and I feel like these vines wrap around my legs. Oh, my God. I can't. And, the, and there I was can't. a moment where I was like, okay, don't freak out. Just breathe. I, I said to myself, just yeah. breathe. And so I took a breath and then I felt this, this feeling wash over me of like the most divine, loving, kind, beautiful energy, like an energy that I'd never felt from a mother, a grandma, the most empowering, just sacred and safe feminine energy wow. that I've ever felt in my whole life. Oh my and I, and, and she held me for a moment and I got this feeling like, wow, I guess everything is okay. And it was a couple minutes, you know, and that was the only thing that I got in 2014. I waited an entire year to go back to another ceremony. In that year, I launched the podcast. I broke up with Amy. I was sleeping on my friend's couch, interviewing John Gray on like a rickety plastic <laughs> table with like a crappy mic. Like, okay. so I went through a lot that year and yeah. I felt, I felt the call to go back to the medicine. And I say medicine because it's called plant medicine for a reason. What people don't understand about plant medicine is when you're sick and you drink medicine, it goes down kind of bitter. Mm -hmm. We've all drinking Robitussin or something. Oh God, medicine yeah. isn't always sweet. And so when we drink plant medicine, it takes us to the bitter. Because without the bitter, we cannot have the sweet. I compare it to when you detox and you have to let the toxins out first and they hurt going in and they hurt coming out. Right, so Absolutely. they're stored, and then when you're detoxing, they start coming out, whether it's emotional or physical detox. So they hurt going out, but you're going to feel better once you do it. And there's a phrase that people talk about in medicine ceremonies, and they say, "What's what's coming is going. Mm. What's coming out of you is leaving. What's coming out of your bottom half is leaving. It's going to hurt like a detox. It's yeah. going to hurt coming out because it hurt going in. You yeah. just didn't know it. Right. 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 Or you might have felt a little something bloating or sniffling or whatever, but it's really going to hurt coming out. But typically with anything that we put in that hurts us, it's because that hurt reminds us that we're not actually dealing, dealing with the with hurt the that's inside emotions. of us. It's yeah. kind of like a, it's like a salve. Right. Food, drugs, porn, shopping, work. It's all just like this temporary it's salve. addiction kind of. Any kind of addiction. Yeah. It, just, it just like covers our wound, but it doesn't heal it. It doesn't get down there. Um, so Josh, I want to keep going to plant medicine, but can you go back really quick? Because I remember the first time I read about ayahuasca and it was in a Rolling Stone article like four or five years ago. I don't remember. And I didn't know how to pronounce it. And I didn't know what it was. So if anyone listening is right now, it's like, what the heck is that? What are they talking about? Yeah. I know in LA, it's like a buzzword, like a green juice at this point, because you can go do ayahuasca in Malibu or Peru or wherever, and everyone talks about it. But can you just give us a little background on what it is and then continue? So thank you for that, because I operate in this world where like, sometimes I feel that everybody already knows. I know. And, yeah. I, and I realize like, that's, that's not of service. So right. let's go to the very bottom. Yeah. This is a very ancient medicine. And I mean like recorded going to archeological digs, they find remnants of ayahuasca from 5,000 years ago. Plus. Was it out before broccoli? 
Probably. <laughs> I mean, well, here's, here's what ayahuasca is. It's two vines. It's the ayahuasca vine that grows in the Amazon and in tropical places. And it's also the chacruna vine. So they blend the ayahuasca and chacruna together okay. and they boil that and that becomes the ayahuasca brew, the tea. Yeah. Those two plants together, they have this MAOI inhibitor, which allows the DMT to come through the plant. If you don't mix the two plants, there's no um, inhibitor. And if it's a long scientific term, but it's MAOI. I think it's monoxide inhibitor or something. So that's what actually allows our body to take in the DMT when those two plants are mixed. So it's not actually just the ayahuasca. It's the ayahuasca mixed with the chacruna plant. And when you drink that, you go into an altered state. And Jamie Wheel from Stealing Fire, he wrote uh, Stealing Fire with Stephen Kotler. They have the Flow Genome Project. They've done a tremendous amount of research on this. And what they found was if you go back into the earliest written history ever, And you ask the original shamans from 5,000 years ago, like, how did you guys know to mix these plants? Because they're grown so far away from each other. And when they would look in the history books, the the shamans would say, well, the plants told us. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, now for the analytical people listening, that's that's not going to cut it, right? uh But there are certain things where we live in this physical meat suit, we're a spirit a soul embodying a physical body. Not everything can be explained with science. This is why spirit and science are are blending now. So whether you're analytical or spiritual, just know that there's certain things that are never going to be answered, no matter how much you want the answer. And that's what I've learned in ayahuasca sessions, really, is sometimes ayahuasca, I say she because it's a very feminine plant, it's a very powerful feminine energy. Like the Gaia is the energy of the world. So Mother Earth is Gaia. And so ayahuasca comes from Gaia. And so when I do ceremonies with ayahuasca, I feel like, wow, this is like the most powerful grandmother I've ever felt or talked to in my life. And we all know we've had moments with our grandmothers. Maybe you've had deep connections with your grandmothers. Maybe you haven't. But many of us have had connections with our grandmother. And there's something so loving and so sweet and so unexplainable that we all know what it feels like when our grandma gives us a hug, yeah. when our grandma holds us. And that's what it feels like with ayahuasca is, is being held. Now, also, when you're a little kid or when you're messing up, your grandma lets you know mm. when, you, when you make mistakes, <laughs> right? Um, especially if she's like an Italian grandma or a strict grandma. You know, you might get like a slap on the wrist, right? And in ceremonies, this is what happens to people is what happens in ayahuasca is three things. You, you really get an inventory, you take an emotional inventory of like, what's real for you in life right now? What are you ignoring? Who have you become? This is what happens at Rhythmia is they ask these three questions. Rhythmia is a, for people that don't know, it's a plant medicine facility in Guanacaste. It's one of the blue zones. Wellness Force partner with them. I help them. I help bring people to the center. I believe in this power of medicine. And so they do three things. They ask you, who have I become? Help me heal my heart. If I have a broken heart, if I have a heart wall, if I'm, if I'm blocking myself from receiving love or giving love. And then the last most powerful thing is reconnect me to my soul at all costs. Oh, I have chills. This is so beautiful. Those three things. Yeah. And a lot of times people get so nervous because they're like, what's going to happen? Oh my God. Just breathe. Just breathe. If you promise yourself that you're going to ask yourself those three things and you promise yourself that you're a member to breathe, you're 
so guided, so safe, and so supported. People do not die from this. It is not addictive. It is not shown to cause any damage at all. And actually, if you look at the research, it shows to tremendously up-level people's ability to have presence, to yeah. communicate, to love. There's John Hopkins doing studies on this. There's obviously the, the MAPS organization that's founded by Rick Doblin. They're in partnership with multiple medical facilities and hospitals across the country. And they talk about how this plant medicine connects the hemispheres of the brain. And Dr. Jeff McNary from Rhythmia can speak to this a lot more educated than I can. But when the hemispheres are connected and there's the presence of DMT, there can be a repatterning of what's going on with the nervous system from either an expressive or a depressive function. In other words, if there's shit you're not dealing with, yeah. it's going to come out. It's going to come up. <laughs> it's going to come out. So it's been profound. That's kind of like the history and the base layer of, of plant medicine and ayahuasca. There's other tools. You know, there's, there's psilocybin. There's the grandfather plant. There's Wachuma, there's cactus, there's peyote. Um, but I think why ayahuasca is getting so much attention right now and it's calling so many people is because we're fucking killing the world. Like all of these, we're mowing down the rainforest for cattle that get hormones injected in them and then they stand in their feces and then we eat their flesh mm -hmm. and all these CAFOs that are being all across the country. In California, we have Norco. Norco has like miles and miles of cow flesh. And every time I drive through there, I'm just like, I feel sick to my stomach, yeah. you know, because these animals are being tortured. Horrible. And, and, and one of my mentors describes this, and, and this relates to plant medicine. It relates to your question, because the way that we treat the earth, the way that we treat our environment, the way that we treat animals, it all comes back to us. And Paul Check describes this. This is the founder of the Czech Institute. He says, when you abuse an animal, when you cause an animal pain, when you eat that animal, it gives it back to you. It gives the pain back to you. Yeah. Because it gives it to you in the mycotoxins and their fat when you eat their food. It gives it to you in the hormones that they had to ingest, yeah. ingest. And so we're at a really pivotal time right now. And I think why ayahuasca is so powerful and it's calling so many people is because Gaia, Mother Earth, is being slaughtered. Like we're hurting her. Absolutely. So she's giving these plants back to us to teach us what's real. I love this explanation. And I've talked to quite a few people about this now, not necessarily on the podcast, but I think this is the best explanation I've heard. So I really appreciate it. I believe in karma, not in necessarily the way that karma is expressed in the media, but I believe that the more that you give out, the more that you give back. So what are we giving out every day? Yeah. And... I agree with you that when you eat animals that were tortured or when you ingest animals that are tortured, how do we not understand that the feelings and the fears and the anger, whatever the animal is feeling is not being ingested into us? And if you think about all of the people who are out there super hot-headed and angry, maybe they had some toxic trauma, maybe they're eating too many animal products, it's multifactorial. Yeah. And I think that it does play a huge role. And obviously, you know that I'm plant-based and sure. I try to abstain from, well, obviously I'm an animal activist, so I want to just love animals as much as possible, but I know it's unsustainable as a whole at this moment, even though there's lots of things coming out that are going to change. But do you think that we'll see the end of animal agriculture as a business, like factory farming in our lifetime? What a powerful question. I, I wish I could give you a definitive answer. My, in, my intuition says no, because if you think about human behavior, it's like turning a battleship. And eventually that battleship turns, but it takes a while for the rudder to come around. 
So like we're alive now as the rudder is turning. And so we're like, yay, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, like, like we're not going to be eating meat that's been like tortured and standing in its own poop. Like good. Right. Well, because so, there's the lab-grown meat and all of those yeah, things. That there's I, all these exciting things coming out. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I mentioned this to you before we recorded. Like one of the things that came through when I was uh, in the journey with ayahuasca, and I've done ayahuasca now uh, 12 times. 12 times? 12 times. But, but all I've right, done we're going to come back to this. But I've done it over the course of five <laughs> years, right? Yeah. And I've done it with intention and I've done it with a specific focus on what it was I either wanted the answer to or what I wanted to heal. Again, I want to say this. Yes, it's a drug, but so is coffee and so is cigarettes and so is everything else. Well, let's... Okay, sorry. Yeah. I know we keep skipping around. That's fine. Because I just asked about ayahuasca and then factory farming. I was going to tie it into the farming. Okay, yeah. but let's really yeah. quickly talk about drugs because when I was little, I was taught that all drugs are bad. Dare. D-A-R-E was drug the Drug abuse resistance education. education. It was just not true. And so I just want to reframe it for anyone listening right now who may still be in that place that all drugs are bad. Yeah. You know, let me tell you what's bad. Abusing pharmaceutical drugs is way worse than abusing any plant drugs. That's all I want to say, Josh. Please we continue. have the highest rate right now ever. Even if you split the population deficiency, we have the highest rate ever of addiction in our country mm-hmm. that we've ever seen. Oh my God, opioid addiction. So in other words, even if you did a, a, a refractory study and you said, oh, well, taking into consideration the population growth, right. then that's not true. We haven't seen so much addiction. No, the no. research proves that even when you factor in population growth, yeah. it like right now, I think it's something like 60% of people in certain states have either had trouble with addiction or they're addicted currently. Mm. And think about that, like, like multifactorial, like if somebody's right. addicted, they're going to show up in pain and then hurt people, hurt people. So bringing it way back to where we started. I can't believe you just said that, huh? <laughs> bringing, it, bringing it way back <laughs> no, to where we started. Hurt people, hurt people. So just remember that yeah. anytime that you feel hurt, remember they're dealing with something that you have no idea. Al- always, yeah. actually. Hurt people, hurt people. So pulling the lever back, like, when we look at the rudder of the ship turning and you ask, will um, agriculture be sustainable like a, like a polyface farms? And, and I know like that your audience is, is very vegetarian and, and no animal products are consumed. But if we're going to turn the ship, we have to do it in successive ways. Well, so, I, I don't think that for the rest, I don't think that there are people that won't raise their own pigs and cattle. Yeah. And that's, I'm talking about factory farming exactly. as a business. Go yes. On. So, so th- as the rudder turns, we're going to see less CAFOs being produced, less animals being tortured, people eating less meat. And if, if you look at the research, it's already happening, you know, like with the Beyond Burger and these different things that are coming out. So I, I don't know if it's going to be in our lifetime. My sense says no, but I think we're going to see massive transformation. And you know what? I can't predict the future. I'm just basing it off of what trends I've seen unfold. So yeah. I, I think we're in a really powerful place to have eating habits change. Unfortunately, like you and I are in Southern California. I know. So this is a, this is a, people came out West because they were tired of living in the East. And so people came out here, 1776 from England, they came out West because they wanted to be in a new frontier. They wanted to do things differently. So we're out here in the creative Mecca. We're out here in the hub of transformation and creative energy in middle America. And in a lot of States in America, these conversations aren't valid yet. 
they're not even going to care about the fact that animals are tortured. They're like, yeah, it's an animal. Like the conscious, right, right. their consciousness hasn't right. even risen to that point yet. So I, I think the, the long answer to the rudder turning is it does have a lot of pieces. One of them is like having a podcast where we talk about yeah, it. Yeah. The other one is our food choices, what we actually yeah. eat. If we're parents, what do we allow our kids to eat? If we're a school administrator, what are we doing for our schools? You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's so in our communities and then state level and all these things. But look, again, going back to Michael Pollan, the truth hides in plain sight for a reason. The answer is you. The answer is you right now, listening, being with us. Y- you eat a certain way. I eat a certain way. Everybody in this audience eats a certain way. Well, vote and with your shopping that's cart. That's what ripples out. That's how the yeah. world changes. The world changes one human, one breath at a time. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think we're going to turn the rudder slowly. And um, I'd be really excited to see CAFOs get shut down across the country. I think it'd be beautiful if people ate meat once a week, twice a week. I think that'd be powerful. Well, you're paleo, I'm vegan, but we agree on so much. So much. But you said to me before the show that you're eating less red meat now. Why is that? Because in the ceremonies, ayahuasca I, I ceremonies? felt the ayahuasca ceremonies, I felt, I felt the earth, like I felt the pain of what's going on. And I also felt the closed organic cycle. You know, I felt that for millennia, the animals have eaten the grass and then the animals would die and other animals would eat those animals. And then humans, as they were evolving, would eat the animals that ate the animals. And I I saw everything. I mean, I really went deep in in one ceremony specifically. And I realized like, wait a minute, if I'm not following the closed organic cycle, then I'm actually taking away from the health of the earth rather than giving to it. And it made me feel bad. It made me feel like guilt. Yeah. But guilt is valid sometimes. The kind of guilt that I felt was a healthy guilt, like a remorse of like, well, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know until that moment. So the reason I haven't been eating a lot of red meat and the only meat that I'll eat is like organic pasture raised grass fed. Mm -hmm. So not just grass fed. Because they can say grass fed and they're still in a cage. It's kind of yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind bullshit. Of like a, a it has to a be buzzword. Pastured, grass fed, not grass finished. Pastured, one hundred percent grass fed, which means the animal gets to roam around. They're slaughtered way later after they've had a life. What's grass finished? Grass finished is when they feed them corn and then oh, they, and yeah, then they no. feed them grass right at the end. Because you don't want the corn fed because the corn is GMO modified. It's like it's. Why do giraffes have long necks? I don't know. Why? Because they eat leaves out of tall trees. <laughs> why does a cow have a square body and a neck that faces down? Because he because eats they grass. eat grass. Yeah. Cows aren't designed to eat corn. Yeah. So th- there's a certain way of looking at the world through a logical lens right, that right. just makes sense for us, and we just look at how an animal's body is designed. They're I not- really appreciate hearing this from a meat eater. I love it. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Yeah, and, I, and I, I feel like a big transition around this because I've been eating a lot more poultry mm-hmm. because I feel like even though chickens have a soul, the soul that I feel from red meat, that's such a massive animal, I feel like the bigger the animal, the bigger the load of toxin and the bigger the load of, of pain, mm-hmm. right? Not that the other animals don't feel pain, but, you know, and a lot of my people in my community for like paleo are probably going to be like, oh my God, what are you saying? Like you're, you're going on a podcast and telling people not to eat meat. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're going to choose to eat animals, you best be doing it in a respectful way. I love that. Right? You best be doing it in the most integrous way possible. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from with that. I mean, if every meat eater was like you, we wouldn't have the problems that we have with factory farming and all of that. So, yes. Cheers to you. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you for this tequila, by the way. This is beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, We're having a small tequila 
Because well, it's Friday. Well, normally I do wine, but when you came over, you had just driven from Encinitas, which is yes. quite a drive, which is usually quick, but it's on usually a two Friday hours. afternoon, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to L.A. Lesson learned. Welcome to L.A. But um, you mentioned that your drink was tequila, and I had to ask we asked that. And when I had Dr. Cabral on, who's my go-to holistic functional medicine doctor, I said, Dude, I will give up anything I need to, whatever the functional medicine tests show. You know, I've given up everything already and I have an abundant, delicious diet, but I know what I shouldn't have. But I am not willing to give up alcohol in this stage of my life. I'm not an alcoholic and I really enjoy it as a celebration. And I said, what is the healthiest thing that you can drink? And he said, tequila. Ever since, I'm like, yep. I will just do tequila and something light, like we did soda water, yeah. something like, and like water and lime, mm-hmm. and we have this delicious guacamole in front of us, so this is totally my jam, and I'm so excited. Yeah, and I love that you brought that up, because alcohol is like one of the things that you and I were discussing when I first got here about tools that people use to cover up how they really are feeling. Yeah, and it absolutely can be abused. All the time, and yeah. so... And so Stemming in the plant medicine conversation, there's also breath work. There's also float tanks. There's a lot of different therapies and modalities that are coming out right Mm -hmm. now. Plant medicine is one of them. And I do want to just say like one caveat. If you feel curious about plant medicine, there's a successive way to get there. You wouldn't be an astronaut with two months of training and go right into outer space. So so do not do that with plant medicine. Yeah. If you're feeling a call to like really want to have deeper healing, start first with journaling and meditation. It's not bullshit. I mean, it's very powerful. Meditation is a powerful tool. There's a reason why the Shaolin monks can meditate and dry cold shirts off of their backs in freezing weather. Literally, when these Shaolin monks meditate, this is on YouTube, just type in Shaolin monks. They can meditate and with the power of their meditation and their focus on raising their body temperature just through meditation and breath work, they can take a wet shirt and they can dry the shirt on their body with their mind. Incredible. And it's legitimate recorded science. Oh, wow. So if that, for anybody that's like, oh, should I really meditate? It's like, well, could you dry a wet shirt on your back with your thoughts? Um, Okay, then. Okay, then. Here's, here, okay, bust this myth really quick. I want to get into breath work, but bust this myth first of all. I don't have time, Josh, to meditate. I sat in Deepak Chopra's uh, La Costa Center in Carlsbad, mm-hmm. and I love some, somebody that asked place. him that question. They said, well, what do you do if like, our family member says we don't have time to meditate? He said, well, have them do it more then. Have them do it double. If you don't have time to meditate, do it then double. do it more. Do mm-hmm. it twice as much. Because if you really think about what's going on, we are either conscious of who we are and what thoughts are controlling us, or we're unconscious. Yeah. One of the most famous people that addresses your question is Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you'll call it fate. And this is the problem with control freaks and type A personalities. And I can say that because I'm a recovering one. Mm-hmm. Cool. But please continue. Yes. So this constant monkey mind ticker tape yes. is happening to us all. That's why podcasts are feeding people souls. Mm-hmm because they're able to like shut everything down and just be with us for a moment. So when you look at what's going on with meditation, being still, doing breath work, also going into float tanks, I've done a Vipassana alley, which a Vipassana for people that don't know, it's a 10 day silent meditation where I did the Goinka one, where you go out to the desert and you go for 10 days. You can't masturbate. You can't eat your normal food. You can't look at people. You can't look at anyone's eyes. I don't know how to do that. You can't speak for 10 days. I can't. All you can do is breathe and meditate for 10 days. I might die. 
This is what it feels like. So by the sixth day, I was so angry that I was like, what is this about? And then I, re- yeah. I realized what it was about. What was it it about? was preparing me for plant medicine. Like it was preparing oh. me. God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, whatever your faith is. Yeah. Or even if you don't have a faith, by the way, and you're like, um, is there something out there? I don't know. Well, you're not in control. And so when you go to these silent spaces, it reminds you that you're not in control because all you have is your breath and your thoughts. So if you're the kind of person who is having a rolling monkey mind, doing the meditation, the journaling, the breath work, the Vipassana, all of these things are a powerful beginning mm. to then going to the deeper altered states because there's a reason it's called an altered state. Yeah. You know, plant medicines and even breath work can take people to a place that can be very, very frightening, can be very scary. And it's like that for a reason because whoever you are in the stillness without the altered state, it's going to magnify right. when you get to the altered state. So there's, there's a succession of how you get to the plant medicine. This is so me. I mean, uh, thank you for bringing all of this up because I'm halfway there, but I'm not there because I do all the things. But that retreat sounds like hell on earth to me. I don't think people have to do a 10-day. And it's funny, somebody, I was talking on the way up here on the phone and they were like, would you ever do a 10-day again? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I, I would do a three-day. But you already did that and you got to a certain place. It's true. You don't need to go back and do it again. Agreed. But yeah. for anybody out there, like I would recommend that you start with a three-day. Got it. But but seriously, I'd like- i three-day. Yeah, three days, you know, the meditation, then the journaling process. People diss journaling. Like, what do you mean I have to journal? Like, I love there's journaling. There's something so cathartic about writing down thoughts. There's an entire book called Morning Pages. Mm, I love it. I forget her name, but- I do but, write and burn. Oh. So I write it all out, anger, sadness, blah, 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 bye-bye. And then I do the morning pages of gratitude and happiness and what I want to create and, and manifest. You actually physically burn the paper? You have to burn the bad stuff. <sighs> I love that. Yeah, bye-bye. It gets it out of your consciousness. That's so, so it doesn't, good. It doesn't sit on your nervous system. It doesn't sit in your body. It doesn't yep. create cancer. It doesn't create anger. You know, it doesn't- Keep that energy in your body. Yep. It lets it out. Yeah. It, because a lot of times when people like journal and then they go back and read their journal. No. There can it, it be. Re- it reabsorbs. Kind of like re-imprints yep. it almost. You have to let it go. You cannot re. So it's like, don't go back and read your text messages if you're angry at your boyfriend or whatever it is. <laughs> like you can't do that because you reabsorb the energy. Mm-hmm. Or tell it to your girlfriends once and then never repeat the story again. Because the more you repeat it, the more you're sticking to that pattern of the bad stuff happens to me, I'm the victim, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So you write it in the pages and you burn it. And morning pages, great. Like, do your gratitude, do all that. But do it after you get the anger, resentment, sadness. I'm mad at the guy that cut me off in traffic. Uh, You might come up with a childhood memory. You never know how deep you'll get. And then you burn it and it's gone. Don't you ever get that sense when people are rude to you in public that you can feel their pain? Oh, Isn't that what we're really talking about? Always, always. I go, okay. And I didn't used to do this. This is evolved, Allie. This is not old school, Allie. That's right. Like, I would be offended if anyone said anything offensive. I'd be like, I don't know, you know. But now I'm like, (laughs) okay, that person is truly going through something that I don't know anything about. Yeah. And I have to have grace and gratitude for them and just send them love. Because I don't know what they're going through. If they're rude to me or treating me like shit, you know, has nothing to do with me. And we can still feel hurt. We can still feel, we can give ourselves the permission to feel, we can feel oh, triggered. Yeah. We can feel angry. But when it comes to like reacting or lashing out at those people, yeah. like flipping somebody off, it's right. cut you off. Or, you know, if, if uh, what used to trigger me, one thing that you're bringing up in me, I, I used to go to Starbucks. <laughs> Am I triggering you, Josh? No, no, you're bringing, up an, you're bringing up a description of an old trigger that no longer holds the charge. Okay. I used to, one of the things I love doing is I, I just like holding doors open for people, you know? Oh, you're so, and so chivalrous. I, yeah. And I Thank open the you. door for my girlfriend. I like opening doors. I'm 
old yeah. school like that. So, so I would open doors for cer- for certain people, and they wouldn't even look at me. Uh-huh. Like they would just like nothing, like no thank you. Just I was like, wait a minute, like aren't you at least supposed to nod or something? And it used How to rude. <laughs> it used to really trigger me. But then yeah. I asked myself, why am I doing it? Why am I actually holding the door open for these people? Was it for It's you? because there was a little part of me that just wanted to connect with that person. And maybe some people don't want to connect. Maybe for all I know, that guy, that, that lady that walked through the door and didn't even look at me, maybe her son just died. I don't fucking know. Maybe they have no self-esteem. So they're like, don't want to look up and acknowledge they don't, they don't you because they don't want me. you to see them. They're scared to connect uh-huh. with me because they're uh-huh. processing whatever they're processing. Yeah. So this is what I do. I, I do things as best as I possibly can. I'm not perfect, but I do things as best as I can without having a hard limit expectation of what I think I should get back yeah. in return. Love it. And that's the door is just one example. I love that. And when we have no expectation, we can't be disappointed. And so you're just giving without... Just for the sake of giving. This is like what unconditional love is. That is unconditional. This is true. Like Buddha, Jesus, all these people, they didn't want anything back. The reason that archetype exists for us, Uh whether those people like really exactly lived how we read they have or not, Mm -hmm. I think the lesson rings true in any culture, in any religion, in anything that there's a universal human experience that we're all living. And in this universal experience, we all have universal lessons that we go through. And most of these lessons either come from a place of love or fear. And it's really reductionistic, but it's ultimately true. Every single thing you and I do at any moment is either coming from a place of, I love myself and I love you. And so I'm doing this action based on that love, or I'm afraid of you, or I'm afraid of myself. And I'm going to take an action based on one of those two fears. That is it, my friends. Like, that's it. And I'm learning every day. Just because I can say it in a definition doesn't mean I have mastery over it. But that's it. That's at the core of all we are. Mike, drop. Food Heals Nation. (laughs) Podcast over. Good night. All right. Bye, guys. Good night. Thanks for being here. Just love. Everyone just love. Food Heals Nation, I believe that purpose-driven communities are vital to all of us succeeding. And as you know, I recently got back from a trip to Italy with some amazing female entrepreneurs. And let me just tell you, this trip really changed the way that I look at community. Because it's like getting together with a general group of friends is great, but when you get together with a like-minded group of people, all coming together to help each other, to brainstorm, to really assist each other in figuring out their own lives, personal lives, and their professional lives, something magical happens. There are mental breakthroughs, emotional breakthroughs, so much clarity. Sometimes you can't see what's best for you, but another friend can. And there are just friendships that are made that are like no other. And this also happens in my Rise and Bloom online mastermind. So if you are interested, if you've ever thought about joining a mastermind and having a community like this, now is your chance. Tomorrow, I launch the fourth round of my Rise and Bloom mastermind. But today is the last time you'll be hearing about it until 2020. So Drop me a line at info at foodhealsnation.com if you want more information because we're running out of time, but I will give you a little bit more right now. The Rise and Bloom Mastermind is this beautiful online community where wellness-based entrepreneurs such as yourselves support each other to rise up together. 
We are coaches. We are speakers. We are influencers. We are podcasters. We are authors. We are recipe developers. We are writing cookbooks. We are helping people go plant-based in all kinds of different ways, blogging, creating courses, all that good stuff. And this mastermind is really for you if you are either starting or building a business in the wellness field, and you need guidance on things like branding, marketing, video production, podcasting, writing, blogging, social media, all the things, and you're ready to take your business to the next level. Those are the resources that I'm going to offer you. And this mastermind is for you if you're ready to crush the last half of 2019, because let me tell you, we're on the dawn of a new decade. So there are less than six months until a new decade. So how are you going to spend them? Are you going to be dreaming or are you going to be doing? For me, I'm going to be dreaming and doing, but with an emphasis on the doing. And in case you're asking yourself, what can a community like this do for you? What can it do for you? Here's what some of my most recent mastermind members have had to say. Marissa, Marissa, I love you. She says, because of the people and resources that Allison shares in the Rise and Bloom Mastermind, I not only was able to launch a new podcast and write my book, I was also able to make that book a number one bestseller in nine categories in the United States and number two in three categories internationally on Amazon. Marissa, I'm so proud of you. And that also is thanks to Laura Peterson, who's one of the mentors that I bring into the mastermind to help anyone who wants to write a book. You have a book inside of you. She will help you get it out there and get it to be a number one bestseller. Then we've got Chris McPeak. I mentioned earlier that this was the fourth mastermind. Chris is the OG, the original gangster. She has been in all four iterations of Rise and Bloom. Thank you, Chris. I'm so grateful for you, and I'm so excited to see how far you've come. And Chris says that being in Rise and Bloom has allowed me to finish my second book, launch a podcast, create three online courses, sign my first three coaching clients, and start my own mastermind group. So Chris, you are killing it. I'm so proud of you, girl. And we've got Alana, Alana Halden from Sprouts and Krauts. She says, I came away from the mastermind with so many tools and strategies to implement into my business. And I now feel much more equipped to build my blog and my brand. And you got to check out Alana's Instagram. Her photo game has just blown up Instagram. She's killing it. Her pictures are beautiful. She's a plant-based wonderful chef, and you should all follow her. And my last testimonial comes from Marina. Marina's been on the podcast, Marina Yane Triner. And she says, it is a joy to learn from Allie, and I can't wait to elevate my business and continue learning from her in the next round of this amazing mastermind. Marina's got a beautiful brand where she helps people go vegan, and she's got a free plant-based challenge. She's got meal plans and grocery lists. She coaches people to lose weight, prevent disease, and gain energy, all at Soul in the Raw, so check her out as well. These are just some of the incredible results from my mastermind students, and we've got so many more amazing testimonials, but I don't want to waste your time because I want to get back to our interview with Josh, but let me just tell you what Rise and Bloom includes. You're going to get one monthly coaching call with me and experts that I bring in on all sorts of topics like marketing, monetization, networking, sales funnels, Facebook groups, podcasting, blogging, video production, copywriting, social media, sponsorship, online courses, membership sites, events, retreats, 
all of the things we're going to cover. You're also going to get three VIP private podcasts per month. So those are never before heard on the Food Heals podcast. So we're going to cover especially topics of business, but also health, spirituality, relationships, wellness, girl bossing, manifestation, the law of attraction, and really how to attract more clients, how to use a law of attraction to up-level your business as well. You also get a private Instagram support group where we collaborate, we give and receive feedback, and we support each other's social media efforts. And it's just a supportive community of wellness warriors that you won't meet anywhere else. So we cover tons of topics like how to become an Amazon bestselling author with Laura Peterson. We talked to Laura Powers about the healing power of podcasting, writing, and channeling your message. We talk about how to create Facebook ads that reach your target audience with Zach Hesterberg. He breaks it all down for us. We talked to Tony Okamoto about how to become a successful recipe blogger and cookbook author. She's from Plant Based on a Budget. We talked to Adam Shively about how to crush Instagram and bring clients into your wellness business. We talked to Entrepreneur on Fires, Kate Erickson, about the power of podcasting and what it can do for you, your brand, and how it can give you that voice. We talked to Travis Chapel on how to build your network and meet your heroes. We talk about the most powerful tool to overcome overwhelm and design a life you love with Lisa Thomas. There are so many more. Those are just a few. So tomorrow, Wednesday, July 31st, it's the last day to join. And then you're not going to hear from me about Rise and Bloom again until 2020. So drop me a line right now at info at foodhealsnation.com if you're ready to join this community and up-level your wellness business. Let's rise and bloom together. Food Heals Nation, as you may know, collagen is everywhere and in everything right now, but since I'm vegan, I need natural ways to boost my collagen production. That's why I've been loving Banish's Collagen Booster Kit. This kit has collagen-boosting benefits to combat the look of fine lines, dark spots, and acne scars without any chemicals or animal products. Yes, please. Where do I sign? You remember Daisy. She's the founder of Banish. She was on last week's episode and episode 220, where she talked about growing up and suffering from acne and having acne scars, even at one point being told to put a bag over her face. It's unbelievable. It's heart-wrenching. I know kids are so cruel, but she turned it into something good. Luckily for us, she started her YouTube channel where she shared her struggles and built an amazing following while she was also learning how to heal her acne. So that's when Banish was born. Because not only did Daisy figure out the formula to banish acne, but then she also learned to banish that perfectionist inside of her who always needed to be perfect. And that is part of her mission and part of the mission over at Banish. And I love the Banisher. This is the micro needling roller. It causes these microscopic damage to the skin. Don't worry, there's no pain. You just roll it on. It's very, very tiny pins and needles feeling. It's no big deal. Trust me because I do not like pain. I have no pain tolerance. But what's great about it is it increases the absorption of your skincare products by 10 and it stimulates collagen renewal. So it battles all the fine lines and dark spots that we mentioned earlier. So I follow it up with the vitamin C cream also from Banish. It's this beautiful light plant-based cream that leaves your skin feeling fresh, clear, and radiant. It absorbs quickly. It's not greasy. It's just ideal for a daily moisturizer as well. 
And of course, Banish products are all natural, they're vegan, they're cruelty-free, and they're made right away, fresh to order in Pasadena. And there's even a money-back guarantee 30-day policy if you decide it's not for you. But I'm pretty sure it will be. Go to Banish.com right now. Use the coupon code FOODHEALSNATION. You'll get $10 off your first order for a limited time. I can't wait to hear what you think. Check back with me. Let me know. And now let's drop in on our Facebook Live and part two of our interview with Josh. You are listening to the Food Hills Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. We are about to talk about breath work. Yeah. Breathwork is one of those healing tools that I have in my healing tool toolbox to deal with my emotional pain. So my listeners, Food Heals Nation, knows that I have been through a lot of trauma, and I know a lot of your listeners and my listeners have as well. And so, I think to be human is to have trauma. Yes. Like trauma doesn't have to be abuse. Trauma can be neglect. Trauma can be the wrong thing at the wrong time. Yeah. But trauma has many different facets. And I think it is relevant to what you've had in your life. So someone's tra- there's no comparison about trauma. There's the word PTSD, which people only sometimes associate. They say, I don't have PTSD because I haven't been to war. Well, you can have PTSD if you have been through a traumatic situation. Absolutely. And so there's no comparison. There's no saying, well, they've been through this, so I do not, you know, I haven't been through that, so I shouldn't grieve or I shouldn't have this emotion. We all have emotions that are true to ourselves. And we all have to have tools in our toolbox to heal from those emotions. And one of mine and one of yours is breath work. But I think that you have taken it next level. And I want to learn and teach Food Heals Nation like what we can all do together. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what breath work really is. It's another ancient tool. Um, on your show, we already talked about plant medicine. So breath work really is a way to get to an altered state. It changes your physiology and it's done through a thing called hypoxia, which is a uh, lack of oxygen, or it's done through super oxygenation, you know, hyperventilation. So a lot of times people think, oh my God, breath work, is it going to be work? Or why do I, why do I even need to learn how to breathe? Like, am I breathing all day long? Well, let's, let's break it down. Uh-huh. Most people are breathing only from their chest. Like they're literally, when most people breathe, their stomachs don't go in their and out. Their stomachs aren't moving. Their diaphragm never fills. Yeah, you're only breathing from here, right? And and also with our, let's let's go even further. We have a culture that's forward flexed. Yeah, so most like people, this. we're like, we're on our phone, yeah. we're at the computer, we're at the car, we're, we're mm-hmm. doing, everything is tight pectorals, yeah. long neck. It's called kyphosis. And when you're in kyphosis, you cannot breathe properly. Your lungs can't expand because they're right. being compressed by your chest muscles and by your body, it's called flexion. Your body's in flexion. So what real breath work does is it opens you up to more oxygen, to being fully in your body, getting out of your head. Mm-hmm. And it's a tool, essentially what breath work is, it's a tool for people to get out of their head in the monkey mind and into their body where trauma, emotions, and things that are trapped can come out. Yes. That, that's really at the core of, of breath work. There's many different styles of breath work. There's different pacings, there's different holds, there's different banda locks and energy locks, but it's essentially at the core of it all, it's a way for people to tap into their body, which is where if you follow the work of Bruce Lipton, all of our issues are in our tissues. All of our issues are in our tissues. I love the rhyme. Tweet that, Food Heals Nation. (laughs) It's amazing. So with this breath work, like the biggest deal is the starting place. Most people, when they breathe, they're breathing like this. So the first thing that you do is you literally literally just open up your body. It's called the tri-stack. So you stack your head, your shoulders, and your hips in a perfect line. So we can even do it right now. Here we go. So I'm like, I'm sitting like this. 
my head, my shoulders, and my hips, they're all in a perfect line. So if you were looking at me from the side, it would look like there's a ruler. And it was like head, shoulders, and hips. I love to do breath work on a meditation cushion. You know yeah. those round cushions? Mm-hmm. If, you, if anybody's done yoga or you know, been to a kundalini class, you sit on a cushion. That way your, your knees can be below your hips. Yeah. It's really important when you do breath work that your knees are below the hips. Because if your knees are above the hips, you're actually, the, the top of your hip flexor is pushing it's into your diaphragm. Right? It's, it's constricting. Yeah. So when you breathe, you want to have your hips above, maybe at least an inch or two above your kneecap. Okay. So essentially what I would do is I would sit on the floor and I'd be in lotus position. So imagine me in like a lotus or like a crisscross applesauce, you know, like in <laughs> like in little preschool. Yeah. So when you do this, the first thing that you're gonna do is you're gonna take a big inhale and a big exhale. It's called the clearing breath. So you let, let's do it together. We're gonna breathe in through our nose and we're gonna breathe out through our mouth. It sounds simple, but when we do this, I want you to visualize that you're actually breathing in and filling your belly first and then your chest second. Okay. So we can do it right now. <sighs> Just that one clearing breath kind of sets the tone. Okay. And what we do in the Wellness Force Guide, it's the M21 Guide, is we give people what's called warrior breathing. And I learned this from Mark Devine at SealFit. It's a tactical breathing methodology where you do a quick inhale and exhale 21 times. So it literally sounds like this. And I'll kind of move the, the headset away, but it sounds like this. And we'll do that 21 times, right? And out, but you're not trying to do it really fast. Yeah. And then after those 21 breaths, we'll do what's called a box breath. And we can do, we can do the box breath together. Okay. So the box breath is a five-second inhale, a five-second hold, a five-second exhale, and a five-second hold. So let's do this together. If, if you're watching this on a replay, or if you're listening on a podcast, just go ahead and breathe all your air out. We're going to breathe in for five. Hold for five. As you're holding, feel your belly push out. Feel the pressure in your body. This is the space between breaths. Now breathe out slowly for five through your mouth. Now breathe all your out. So breathe that little last bit. You feel like your stomach tightens. There's always a little last bit. There's always a last bit. It's the last bit that you don't exhale when you're stressed. So we did the 21 breaths beforehand to prime the nervous system to super oxygenate. Mm-hmm. And then we do the five count breath box to get out of our head and yeah. to actually get into what's going on in our body. And I've had people write in, they've actually done like 10 rounds of the five count box mm-hmm. breath yeah. because the more we do that cyclical breathing, the more we're focused on our breathing yeah. and we're not a victim to the monkey mind. So that's, that's like the beginning point. And this is like the first phase of breath work. So the first phase of breath work is a daily practice. Mm-hmm. It's doing some type of a super oxygenation with then followed by some type of cyclical breathing. And that's really where you get um, the hypoxia. Like when we're holding our breath, we're slowly drifting into hypoxia. Some people can hold their yeah. breath for deep sea divers for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Who knows the world record breathing, And they're right? practice at that. And they're practicing. So there's three phases of breath work that anyone can do. Like anyone can do this. The first phase is the daily practice. That's the the quick succession breath followed by the box breath. The second one is more like a stress reduction or like a going on stage or a performance breathing. So the second category is performance breathing. And performance breathing, the quicker you breathe in through your nose, this is a study that was just done. I can I can link this for your show notes. Okay. It was done at Northwestern University. They found that when people breathe in through their nose in a, in a scientific ward, when you breathe in quickly through your nose, you're turning on your stress response and you're more aware of the environment okay. when you breathe in quickly through your nose. So we breathe in for two. We're going to activate our stress response and then we're going to hold for seven full seconds. When we hold for seven full seconds, we're fully inflated. We're pressing on our vagal nerve. The vagal nerve is what cues for us to actually be in rest and digest. When 
we breathe out, that's the parasympathetic. That's when we really let our stress go. So we okay. breathe in quick to feel stress. We're going to hold for seven seconds to like train ourselves to actually allow our nervous system to know that the stress isn't that bad. And then we're going to let it melt for eight seconds. So okay. two, seven, eight. Ready? So inhale quickly for two. Exhale slow. Eight. And you can feel that right now, the difference between like a two, seven, eight breath or a five, 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 five box breath. And that's the second phase of breath work. So, so far, everyone can do this. You don't need a, a medical doctor to tell you any different. We're not giving medical advice, but we're definitely giving you two modalities you can do. Now well, let's really quick. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how you feel after that. Oh, yeah. So for me, I was just like, I feel really zen. It can take you. I mean, I am a person who is go, 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 type A. Let's get it done. That can take me from that moment of stressed out all of the things to, oh, it's all good. I'll get mm -hmm. it all done, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it can happen really quickly, but people don't actually believe that it can until you practice it and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, knowing and doing are very separate. Of course, of course. So somebody could read a journal about stress reduction, but if they don't do any stress reduction tools, yeah. nothing's going to change, right? right? right. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because, you know, it's nice to just pause, isn't it? Yeah. We're always in like such a hurry in life. I'll speak for myself. I tend to be in a hurry. Me too. So this is why breath work for me. I mean, this is why it's on my arm. I, we haven't talked about this on your show. Oh my God. Let's talk about Se it. Se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And in Italian, that means if I can breathe, I can choose. And I got this before I did a big Navy SEAL crucible Mark Devine's event because I wanted a reminder to be calm for myself. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere. It's one of these things where like looking back, it's very obvious why I got the tattoo. Uh -huh. And all of us can relate to this. Like five years later, we're like, oh yeah, that's, that's why I did that. Right, right, right. I had no idea that I was going to dive into breath work as deeply as I have. Mm -hmm. And isn't it funny that in 2017, I got this tattoo. So I love that you made us pause because the third phase is the journeying phase. Okay. And we're not going to be able to do a journeying phase, but I can describe it. Okay. The journeying phase is where you do very success quick breaths. There's a Wim Hof style where you do 30 breaths without any kind of stopping where it's just rolling 30 breaths. Mm -hmm. And then you do a very extended hold. You also do certain locks with Soma breath. You do a lock of like basically your perineum, like your, your butt and your belly button. So you lock in those two energy centers. Okay. And what that does is you're holding it in. You're going to, into that state of hypoxia where slowly the oxygen is leaving your system. This is where we train the nervous system. Okay. This journeying breath, when you, you know, we had the first one, which is like the daily practice. We had the second one, which is like the two, seven, eight, where we, we need to shift out of stress right now. It's, it's a tool. And then we go into the more journeying, like longer 30 rolling breaths, three minute holds, things like that. That's going to take people to altered states. Yes. And I'm sure you and I have both been in sessions where we might feel like we need to cry all of a sudden. Yeah. We might feel like there's a memory from childhood coming up. It's the same exact thing that you're going to get from any kind of plant medicine, but you get it with no medicine at all, just your breathing. Well, and this is the interesting part because I think that there is a misconception whether where I used to be years and years and years ago where my parents were, where it was like pharmaceutical drugs get you there, which clearly I don't believe or I wouldn't do food heals. And then I was like, food and exercise get you there, which they do to a certain extent. But then if you have these, this emotional trauma that you haven't dealt with, then what gets you there? 
right? And for me, breathwork has been a, a huge tool. And the ones that we've gone over are the ones that you can do quickly, but they're not the ones that have gotten me into that state of, oh my God, I just had this memory from yeah. childhood and I've healed it in that moment. And that's really, I think what you're going to say is level three, where for me, it's music mm. and breathing. So tell me about level three. Yeah. Let's see how it compares. Level three is, is the most transformational. It's really a level of catharsis. Yeah. So when you're in level three, you're, you're literally letting go of something. Yeah. You're, you're respiring mm -hmm. whatever it is in the mm -hmm. tissue out of your body. So from, I guess, really from a scientific perspective, you're taking your body to such a, a rolling state of hypoxia without oxygen that whatever's going on, you, the blood in your body and what's going on with your circulation is it's pressing out against your mm -hmm. tissues. So when your body is under any kind of stress or strain without the presence of oxygen, if anything is stored in there, yeah. it's going to come out. It's kind of like when people work out and sometimes when people do squats or a heavy workout, some people get emotional. Some people do yoga and cry. I have so much to say about this, but <laughs> right? please continue. Right? Yes. Like okay. some, some people will go get a massage yeah. and they'll cry. You, I know. We can't explain this, people. Science can't explain right, right. why you get touched and you cry. Yeah. What is science going to explain that? Like, there's no, there's no module in like organic chemistry right, on right. the healing power yeah. of touch. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so this third phase, this cathartic phase, the journeying phase, the the phase where people cry and convulse. If you look at some of the videos from Stan Groff, he's one of the pioneers in breathwork, or even Dan Brule. These are these are people that are taking. They're taking men and women to the edge, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the thing with that third phase, that cathartic phase, you don't want to do it all the time. You want to be supervised with a facilitator that knows how to hold the space, that knows yes. how to guide you properly. Yes. You know, there is a risk of you frying yourself essentially, because when you're going into that hypoxic state and the super oxygenation and back and forth and doing the holds, it's a load on your physiology. Like you don't want to hurt yourself. So it's, it's important to be with a, a skilled facilitator on those, yeah. on, on the third level. Okay. So I go to a place called The Den, and JP is the facilitator, and you can look him up because he has all of his playlists on Spotify and all of those things, and here's what we do. He plays pop music. We're listening to Rihanna and like all these things, and they will play a song, and you're doing the breath work, and it's, <sighs> yeah. it's his breath work. So it's yeah. in and out, in through the nose, twice, out through the mouth, and I'm not giving any trade secrets away. You can do it in a lot of different ways, but this is the way that we do it in this sure. particular class. And if you're not crying by the end, you are a sociopath. I'm just kidding. But the point is, is that anyone who has been through trauma will probably be affected by this. Even if you don't, like all of the songs are, so, I am moved by music. And we talked about this earlier on the Food Heals podcast, but music has a lot of sound. Sound has a lot of ability to heal. And yes, there's plenty of pop songs where you're like, oh, I hate this song. I hate yeah. Taylor Swift or whatever. But you're in this moment he's playing popular music, but that all has a message. And then you are doing the deep breathing and everyone in the room is crying, but no one is judging each other because you are laying down on the little meditation thing. So you have a little flexibility. It's not like you can see each other. No one's judging each other. And it is so healing and so cathartic. And yeah. especially even for a beginner, it's a great place to start because there's no judgment in the room. No one has to look at you. You know, some people, sometimes you go to an exercise class and there's mirrors on every right. wall. You're, and at, you're, like, you're at body pump and there's like somebody yeah. who's tanned and jacked just yeah. jeering at you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they have like a six pack and you're like, well, I'm going to be in the back because I don't want anyone to look at me or judge me or blah, blah. And this is a good place to start because no one's judging you. 
and there's just music playing and you just I mean, tears roll down my face and it's so healing and I love it. Yeah. And and this is the whole point, isn't it? Is whatever works. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter to me what is going to work as long as it gives somebody a reprieve, as, as long as it actually allows somebody to let go of something. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it might have timed out. <laughs> I think the Facebook Live timed out for some reason. Anyways, we got like a few minutes on there. All um, right. Well, okay. So if anyone is listening right now and they want to know how to get in touch with you, where yes. to find you online, where to do your programs, where to get their own breath work, yeah. give us all the gold. So if you want a starting place, I built a really easy guide that you can download. It's wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. That's morning 21. I took these 300 podcasts and I, and I literally sat for a couple months and I was like, what is the resounding connecting threads of a handful of practices that actually move the needle for people? Yeah. And I found six practices was it. And breathwork is one of these practices. So we have a seven day guided breathwork challenge that's in there. It'll Love teach it. you how to do it. Yeah. It'll take you through the warrior breaths. It's a very easy process. And if you're just looking to start, like it's in there along with these other five practices that'll give you higher energy, higher vibration, scientifically and anecdotally throughout the day. We've had thousands of people download the guide. It's been really popular because it works. I mean, the reality is, is like we're all looking for some kind of state change or healing. Yeah. And most people are looking for the perfect morning routine. Well, you know what? If you just keep it simple mm -hmm. and you just do like a handful of things, like six things, yeah. odds are you're going to be more consistent. And when we don't complicate things, things get done. So that's the guide where people can get the breath work. And then Wellness Force Radio is the podcast, which you've been an amazing guest on, and wellnessforce.com. It's every such a good show, and you're such a good interviewer, and your interviewees are always fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's just because you and I are both curious, right? So I'm just like, what, yeah. would, what would anyone else want to know? I'm going to ask that. Yeah, I try to stay curious. Sometimes there are times where I will know so much about a topic that I'm almost, you know, not curious enough. But the more people I have on who I know less about, then the more curious I can be. So I'm always trying to improve that. But I think that's something that you're really good at. You're constantly educating your listeners. And there's some things from your podcast that I want to make sure that we talk about on our next episode. Like I want to talk about 5G. Is it going to give me cancer? Are they tracking me? And I want to know about nootropics. And I want to talk about cognitive function. So you're coming back next week. And let's go. Yeah. We're going to do all the things. And I want to say one thing before we jump off this incredible conversation is that the thing that I'm learning yeah. is the thing that I'm promoting and that I'm sharing with others. Yes. My very biggest lessons mm -hmm. about wellness force, discovering physical and emotional intelligence. I'm in the process of discovering my own physical and emotional intelligence, and I'm authentically sharing that yeah. with people. And just being honest about it. Like, this is what people are hungry for is just, can we drop the walls and just be honest about like, we don't have it all figured out. Right. We don't have perfect mastery over this yeah. thing. And we're all in this together. We're all learning. Some of us are further along than others. I'm not a black belt, but I can definitely teach white belts and yellow belts and orange belts. So we're all in this like learning phase of discovery together. And I think we just get to be honest about it. So thanks. Oh, thanks so much for being here, Josh. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. <laughs> <laughs>